You're listening to Bible Prophecy Daily, a weekday podcast where Bible prophecy matters and matters greatly. Your hermeneutic is the key to understanding biblical prophecy. Let me say that again. Your hermeneutic is the key to understanding biblical prophecy. This is Charles Cooper. I am the director of the Kingdom Alive ministry. And I love studying and teaching about biblical prophecy. If I had to boil it all down, I would say that your hermeneutic is the key. It is the key to understanding biblical prophecy. Now, by hermeneutic, I mean the rules for understanding a written document, or for that matter, any type of communications. But these rules specifically apply to a written document. How you understand what you read or what you hear or what you see is determined by your rules for understanding. Now, to be sure, so much of what you do is intuitively applied. It is intuitively capable of, within seconds of here seeing a communication that you are able to discern its meaning. We intuitively understand the basic rules of how to discern meaning from what we hear or see. Now, you probably, many of you, probably the majority, spent 12 years in school learning how to read and understand what you read. Uh, a smaller majority, a smaller number of you went four years to college. An even smaller number went on for one or two year master's degree. And the smallest number of all went on for a PhD or some type. In all of that schooling, potentially 20 plus years, you were basically learning how to understand what others have communicated, either through written form or recorded spoken form. So you understand the English language. You may not be able to teach it or to titles to all of its 
individual parts, but you intuitively know how the language works, difference between subjects and verbs and participles, difference between pronouns and prepositions. And you can intuitively discern meaning based on all of these years of education. Yet I must say to you, ladies and gentlemen, that it is interesting that with so much education, few people are able to interpret the Bible. Why is that? Why is picking up and reading your Bible seen to be more difficult than picking up and reading a newspaper or a magazine article or some other communication. It is a supernatural book, to be sure. There are some very difficult concepts and ideas contained therein. But the book was written to be understood. It was written to be lived by. Therefore, there is no advantage to writing a book that no one can understand. There are basically four rules that should guide good Bible study. Now, understand these are overly simplistic. You can go, you can go to college and take 12, 15 hours of classes on the subject of hermeneutics and how to study the Bible. But in all of my years of studying the Word and teaching others how to study it, there's basically one goal. The goal is to understand the author's intended meaning. Your goal is to understand the author's intended meaning. I say authors because there's a big A author and a little A author. There's a divine author and there's a human author. And they together worked to communicate meaning. Every text has an intended meaning. Your job is to discover it. Now, I use that word on purpose. Your job, your job is to discover the author's intended meaning, not to determine it. The, the meaning was determined by the author. Meaning is always determined by the author. You as reader must discover the signs and signals the author left in what he wrote to discern what he meant. So the overarching overall goal of our hermeneutic is to understand the author's intended meaning. There are three rather general principles that we should utilize 
to arrive at gold. Number one, you should utilize context whenever possible. Context is, without a doubt, in my mind, the most important component of a successful hermeneutic. Authors do not typically violate context. They're not going to use a word totally contrary to the context that they are representing. Unless there's a really, really good reason. And then they must give you some clue. Otherwise, there simply is no way for you to understand. For example, Jesus used parables. And he says that the purpose of the parables were to keep the ignorant ignorant because parables by their very nature are stories. The story in and of itself may have a simple principle or truth, but how the author is using that story is great, is going to greatly have an impact on its meaning. If the author doesn't tell you what he intends by it, then you have no clue. You can only guess. And your conclusion will be just that, guesses. A word is used in a sentence. A sentence is used in a paragraph. A paragraph is used in the chapters. The chapters are the totality of the individual books. Each circle of influence is important to helping you discern what an author intended. Therefore, always consider as much as possible the context. A second principle is always look for scriptural confirmation. Scripture is really the best commentary on itself. It's always good to have the scriptures define, expound, or give further insight on a subject. Always look for other passages where you can compare with the passage under study. You compare scripture with scripture. It's a joy to always find other authors talking about the same subject. It brings clarity and it helps us to understand. A third and final principle that can guide or should guide your goal to understand the author's intended meaning is to recognize and be coached by the genre of your text. Genre refers to the kind of literature you're reading or studying. As you may or may not know, there are seven to eight different genres of literature in the Bible. Each one is different and has defining traits and characteristics which should coach you in terms of 
how you approach discovering meaning. You must know the genre and the characteristics of that genre and how that will weigh on your interpretation of a particular text. Now, we all know that there are figures of speech. The Bible is filled with them. In fact, I can tell you, not a page, not a, not a complete page in the Bible will be free of at least one figure of speech. In fact, every verse will have some flavor of figure of speech to some degree. It's amazing. Now, we discern the meaning intuitively because we speak the language, we speak it every day, and many, many, many of the phrases and concepts and ideas are very common to us. We don't have to label them and talk about how they communicate meaning. We can discern it intuitively. But there are figures of speech which are very difficult to understand and to recognize and to figure out how the author was using it or them to communicate. Don't have to tell you about prophetic or apocalyptic literature, a unique genre that requires quite a bit of sophistication for you to understand some passages, not all, but some. When the Bible says a beast came up out of the sea, having seven heads, obviously that is metaphorical. Obviously he is apocalyptically applying a principle or truth that he wants to explain. There, there are no literal seven-headed monsters, beasts. It is the context that is going to be your key to understanding what it is that the author is referring to and why. Now, having, we've talked about interpretation before. But in this series that we're going to be starting on biblical prophecy, you are going to have to constantly remind yourself of these three critical principles that actually help you to obtain or to discover the author's intended meaning. I'm continually amazed at people allowing themselves to be frightened or made anxious or nervous about some event or events that supposedly signal the soon return of Jesus Christ. It seems like there's a new one every day. Certainly there's one a year that will captivate millions. And this is rather sad because they're really is no need for it. Your hermeneutic is the key to understanding biblical prophecy, particularly those that have to do with the return of Jesus Christ. I'm going to show you in the scriptures what I believe are the signs that you should be concerned with if you're worried about the timing of our Lord's return. You should not be constantly agitated, 
upset or cause any emotional, psychological distress by people who use world events and front page headlines to merely make money. They write books, you buy them because they have tickled you in a way that you just can't help yourself. But really, ladies and gentlemen, there are only a very few issues that should be on your radar that will clearly help you to understand the season that we may be experiencing. And that's what we're going to actually look at in this series that I call Eschatological Geography. A far greater and more significant way to know where we are on the timeline marching towards the end of human history as we know it is controlled by geography. If you know your geography and you know your eschatology, you will have a much, much greater chance of being right if you pontificate about the return of Jesus Christ. Join me next time when we will look at the first of these critically important textual details that should form the very backbone of your belief about the timing of the return of Jesus Christ. This is Charles Cooper, and we look forward to being with you again real soon. Thanks for listening to Bible Prophecy Daily. We hope you learned something valuable today. Be sure to subscribe wherever you heard this podcast so you never miss an episode. 